is going the ultra mile. I'm Keelan Harrington, and my guest today is Melissa Friday. Hi, Keelan. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really good. Hey, for the guest listening, tell them a little bit about what Under Pressure is, why you started it, and what it entails. Sure. Well, Under Pressure uh, is a festival, an event that runs in Montreal, uh, Canada, and it's a yearly event. And uh, it started as like a graffiti uh, jam, basically. So it was supposed to be a one time event uh, that happened to, uh, you know, welcome like a, a handful of graffiti writers and people who participated in, in what we recognize as hip hop culture. Um, and that first event happened 25 years ago. And now 25 years later, uh, Under Pressure is uh, still an event, but it is now, it runs for, um, and it's, you know, much more of an urban arts based uh, event. We still, you know, focus on or, or call it a graffiti festival, but we have, you know, uh, hundreds of DJs, uh, MCs, there's like five days of dance battles that happen consecutively. So uh, like all the breaking, but then all of the different kinds of hip hop, um, you know, house, uh, whacking, popping, locking, like everything. Uh, that is that is street dance now um, and then there's also basketball and soccer there's an area for children so it's something that you know uh, started as a very um, like underground uh, event and it has turned into a really like a community celebration of everything that is hip-hop uh, culture and urban arts in Montreal. That's pretty cool because for something that started off as the idea of doing it as a one-time event for a day, 25 years later, it's really evolved into something. And you did that as well back when it was really, hip hop was in an underground setting. It wasn't culture, it wasn't out there, it wasn't the way we perceive and accept it now. So how did you kind of, how did it, would you say it built that momentum because the people wanted it or did you, how much work did you put into getting it there? That's right. Well, so I'm not the person who uh, who started it. Um, it was a, a two, like a, a duo or whatever of uh, graffiti writers. They're, they're still involved um, today. One of them, Sterling Downey, uh, is now the vice mayor of Montreal. So, you know, he's gone on to achieve uh, a lot of interesting things in his career through, you know, community implication and his involvement um, just, you know, with like Montreal as a whole. And so 25 years ago, when the event uh, started with him and his partner Flo, uh, the idea was to really, um, you know, create a dialogue about graffiti because at the time, uh, like you were saying in 1996, uh, graffiti in particular, but, you know, including uh, all, like all of the other aspects of hip hop culture included just weren't as well documented uh, in the media. Like it wasn't as, you know, considered as popular culture uh, as it is now. And so, you know, the idea was, um, you know, to, to give uh, another perspective um, from the people who are actually participating in, you know, graffiti and, and graffiti culture. And so people who, uh, you know, had questions or, you know, had maybe were curious or, you know, just to create a, a different, um, yeah, perspective about the people who, who actually do it. Because when, you know, especially at the time when there would be a story about graffiti, the people who did it were always portrayed as, you know, like either uh, criminals, vandals, um, 
you know, young children, for example, and it really didn't give you a, a good idea of who the people uh, that were doing it were and, and like why they would be doing this. And so by creating an event and, you know, giving uh, the chance for people if, you know, if they wanted to go and, and to paint and to do it in, you know, in broad daylight, it takes that power away from media to create those harmful stereotypes around people. Um, and so, you know, the obviously in the past 20 25 years, a lot has changed. Um, you know, the everything that is graffiti and street art is, you know, I mean, it was known back then, but now it has, you know, exploded and become something very different, I would say, uh, today. So, you know, the idea now is to um, you know, make sure that the platform that we have uh, is used by artists um, to help, you know, build their careers, to help them network with each other, uh, you know, and just to help keep bringing um, you know awareness to the fact that we are a non-corporate event so we don't have uh, major corporate sponsors where again like we're a community-based event uh, we try to you know stay true to the roots of the culture um, that you know that we're representing and so you know the idea is is, is for us to to create those moments for artists um, and for the public to come in and, and see what what the what the culture is actually all about and so you know the 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 purpose, I guess, or the intention of the festival has changed and evolved over the past 25 years because um, the circumstances around the, you know, the culture and the event has changed quite a bit. But I think that we're just as important now uh, as we were then because we're still in a, in a place where the, you know, the culture itself is hyper corporate now and people have a, an idea or, you know, expect a certain kind of experience when they go to like a mural festival. But what we're offering is something very different and it's, it's like a block party um from you know from new york in the 70s like that's the that's the purpose you know i think there's a couple of interesting things there things evolve like you said you know what is it off and what it's become are two different things and that's when you're talking about a business or a personal relationship or you know even a relationship with your children you know you have to be able to evolve and go. The change is inevitable. And if you don't change as it goes along, you get left behind. And it's probably the only reason why 25 years later, it's still there. You know, whatever about the demand, you obviously took a step back and have adjusted to the times and what was required, or, you know, yeah, what was needed, you know, what it was asking for. And you nurtured and grew it in that direction. I want to just pick up on another thing as well. I think um fantastic thing as well, to your point about giving artists express themselves that's a very good point because of what you said you know how they may want to have been portrayed in the media because everybody knows what's in the media is 100% true um, yeah. but it gave, it gave, it, gave a new, it gave a new breath of fresh air probably for on a platform like you said so that was very influential in its own right and there's an interesting link then I believe to Ireland in what you do if you want to fill people in on this well, so we just discovered uh, this year that there is a graffiti festival that exists in Ireland uh, that has celebrated 25 years <clears throat> this year as well. And so, you know, our uh, as as far as we had been able to, to research and discover up until now, we hadn't found any other graffiti festivals that existed uh, for as long. But we did find one um, that, you know, that was supposed to be celebrating 25 this year. Now, we all understand that... Uh, 
what happened in 2020 has kind of thrown everyone for a bit of a loop. And I mean, you know, when I say it's a community festival, it's really important to understand that it's, it is community because everyone involved uh, to do it. So no one, um, you know, that works for us is paid to do it. So life is, is, very, very busy. Um, you know, we, we are a team of probably six to eight, eight people uh, that really work on um, all of the coordination elements of it. And then we've got, you know, hundreds of artists that participate, uh, whether it's the visual arts, we have a digital exhibit that's up and running now uh, that keeps, you know, kind of expanding. Um, and we'll keep expanding as the year goes on. So we've got people curating that and, and coordinating with those artists. We've got, you know, a Twitch channel running with all the DJs and, and you know, like people in music that want to participate there. We're doing conferences. So it's just, it's a lot of, yeah, uh, a lot of different kind of, of management and, and learning how to best use our online platforms now to reach uh, as wide of an audience as possible. And, you know, for me, um, I sort of oversee all of that and we have a not-for-profit uh, company as well. So I'm the president of that not-for-profit company. Uh, so just, you know, trying to get uh, different grants to make sure that we can, you know, still do uh, our, our events while we're hoping hoping anyway in, in 2021, but uh, you know, that's it. So it's, it's quite busy. And then um, on top of, of all of that, I still have a full-time job. I did just complete my PhD two weeks ago. Um, and then I have a, a almost three-year-old son at home. So, you know, it's <laughs> wow. a lot of spinning plates. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's a couple of uh, really fascinating things in what you said there. And I think it really relate to people listening. First, you laid out very clearly what an undertaking it is. And I think that's something to not be taken lightly by anybody that when you want them to do something, it's an undertaking and it's going to take effort, a lot of moving parts. And you hear a lot of people, especially now with the way the world has gone due to COVID-19. And I understand it's impacted things negatively for people, but it's also how you choose to perceive what happens and why and how you go about it. And you've had a, to do a lot of pivots, like you've moved it all online. You have all these moving parts, you're keeping track of them. And a lot of that comes down, in my opinion, to like organizational skills and holding yourself accountable and having a sense of self-discipline to see, do all these things. Because, you know, you have a full-time job as well, and you have your, your child, and you have this, and you just finished a PhD, and there's all these other things going. So, you know, it's different degrees you know if you can imagine a bell curve chart i understand you've the majority of people in the middle and then you've got the extremes on either end but it shows that it can be done and for parents listening that hear this and they think oh my god you know i'd like to do something different but i can't see how it just it felt really important to not let something drop and so i guess uh I'm really passionate and excited of things that I do you know my full-time job is is teaching and I teach in university about graffiti and about you know the the same thing all you know it was all it's all interconnected so I think for me finding something you know that you're passionate about uh it, it can sometimes give you um like revive you and revive your creativity. And, and, you know, sometimes you feel like you don't mm -hmm. either have the energy or you don't have the, any ideas or anything. And just 
sometimes just being around people, uh, you know, who are involved and interested in the same things, you know, that you are can, can kind of help spark, uh, little ideas. And I think that, you know, starting small, like there's nothing wrong with doing, you know, just like one, one thing. And I think that, you know, those will often eventually kind of snowball into other really interesting projects. And it's always just about, you know, meeting people and stuff that I've, you know, that I'd been involved with, um, prior to having a, a child. So yeah 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 no i um it makes a lot of sense what you said about find one person in that area and go connect with them because if you've got at least the surface of your why figured out connecting with them will start unfolding the how bit by bit and if you remain committed to it 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 will uh pave a path but you have to take that action and make it happen because most of the time wasted in these things is at the start not getting started so I think that's a really valid right. point you made. Right. And then being ready to go through the ups and downs, you know, like there's sometimes where there'll be a lot of different projects and things going on. And then sometimes it will stop and you just have to be ready to, you know, to kind of take that, take the downtime and, and prepare yourself in, in other uh, or different kinds yeah. of ways. Um, and I think that that was a big adjustment for me. Like before I had a child, I was always very involved in many projects. So there was very little uh, downtime. And so kind of being on the, you know, just being ready to adjust to, to that kind of thing, I think is, it's important and it's, you know, it's realistic. And, and if you, you know, as a parent, like, I think it's important also that, that you find that, that balance. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a really good time as well to connect with people because you got people, you know, everyone saying, oh, what can we do? The world is shut down and I should have, <laughs> would have, I could have, can't. It's like everybody has a mobile phone and you can connect There's 8 billion people in the world. But basically, what, what I was getting at is I know it's a very difficult time for people, and I'm not making light of it for those that have suffered an enormous unplanned change. But I guess there's the expression, every cloud has a silver lining, and it's there for a reason in the sense of, you know, if you throw your hand at it, you, you play the cards, do what you can, where you are with what you have. It does always create another opportunity, and you very much took a body that and decided to see it that way. Tell me, um, what will Under Pressure be doing? Is it going to be getting together? Is it all online for this year? What are your ideas for 2021? And with that in mind for people listening, you know, who are looking at similar types of events, you know, maybe you can share with a bit of your infrastructure planning knowledge that they can take it away and let something grow in their mind. Uh, it, it made for nice pictures and it gave us a lot of different content to be able to upload worked out so I mean in in 2021 if that's the case then we'll you know we'll we'll do something similar to that where we uh, space things out so that we can keep uh, everyone you know safe and making sure that they're respecting social distancing and and you know the the health guidelines that are in place um, and even if we were to go back to you know normal in 2021 I would definitely still keep our you know the online component running because the conference for instance that we ran in 2020 uh, was a really interesting conversation it was a about the, you know, I called it the building blocks of graffiti. And so we had people um, from, you know, like the, the first generation basically of, of graffiti writers from New York. Uh, there were two writers that were present and then there was, uh, Sterling was part of the panel. And then there was a writer from Paris uh, from the, you know, like from the seventies basically, and one um, from Paris who moved to Montreal. And so to be able to have that kind of a panel and we had, you know, I mean, almost a thousand views um, on that conference, which lasted for three hours. And we 
recorded it. And it, it's sort of like, it's, it's a really important um, document uh, just to, you know, in terms of uh, knowing graffiti history, like worldwide. And we never would have done that, or I never would have thought to, you know, have that kind of a, a conference um, previously. So I, you know, just, and, you know, when you do conferences in person, you get what, 25, 30, maybe 50 people if you're, if you're lucky, but I mean, we had like a thousand. So it just showed me that by, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with doing stuff online. And so even if we do go back to normal, there will definitely be some online components that are kept because it just, again, like, you know, opens us up to a broader audience. Uh, we get to tell our story. We get to help people share their story and connect with people. Um, and you never know. I mean, one person might hear this and it might inspire them to do something really interesting and great as well. So that's, you know, I think for, I think for 2021, people who are in events, like I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, everyone is having that kind of a reflection and I'm sure they are, but it's, you know, how to, you know, keep your, uh, what you used to do and, you know, make sure that that's still happening, but then also, um, oh, hi Grayson. <laughs> uh, but, oh, thank you. Um, but then also, you know, show like the, how you've adapted and what you've learned. And that's really important. So and here, this kind of kind of like what you're doing right now. You adapt and overcome in the <laughs> moment that you are with what you have as best as you can. And I think that's a very good place to leave the podcast. <laughs> what I will do is for anybody that wants to look at the festival, we'll put the links in the description for the podcast. And they Great. can go over to Under Pressure. They can see what you're about. They can connect with you directly. Um, I know you're busy. It's clearly you are. And I appreciate you <laughs> taking the time to come on the podcast. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to share our story and to connect with people. And I mean, like I was saying before, it just, it also, it, it motivates me, um, you know, to, to meet people who are like-minded and, you know, working in different fields, but, you know, thinking and feeling the same thing. So it's been a, a pleasure for me as well. Take care. You have a nice day. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>